Respect, belong, thrive would like to acknowledge the Wathaurong people of the Kulin Nation, on whose country our Geelong campus is located. We pay our respects to the traditional elders past, present and emerging and thank First Nations peoples for their care and custodianship of the land. Hello and welcome to another episode of Respect, Belong, Thrive. My name is Elsie Meehan. I'm the Student Equity Evaluation and Partnerships Officer within the Division of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Deakin. I'll be your host for today as we interview Sana and Muhammad from the Deakin University Islamic Society. Sana and Muhammad have been very kind to agree to take part in this conversation today answering some questions and sharing their knowledge and insights about the holy month of Ramadan. So welcome to Sana and Muhammad. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Can I begin by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is that you're studying at Deakin? Well, thank you, Elsie, for having us here. Um, Just to tell you a bit about myself, uh, I'm a PhD student at Deakin University One Ponds campus. Um, So it's my final year and I'm pursuing my PhD in electrical renewables. So hopefully it should be done by the start of next year. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you, Sana, for that introduction. And Mohammed, can I get you to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey everyone, my name is Mohammed, and first of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me here and for giving me a chance. Thank you. And apart from that, I'm a sec. I'm starting my second year. I'm a Bachelor of International Studies student, majoring in international relations. And yeah, looking forward to the year ahead. Brilliant. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you both. Now, as well as being students, you occupy positions of leadership as the president and secretary of the Deakin University Islamic Society. Could you tell me a little bit about the society and what your roles are within it? Um, So I guess I can probably start. So I guess I started the society back in 2017 when I joined Deakin for my master's. And the reason why I wanted to do that was being a Muslim student studying far away from home. I think I needed something to feel connected to my religion and culture. Um, So I think that's when I got in touch with a few friends of mine and we started this whole society. So it's basically a social platform for Muslims, but non-Muslim students as well to hang out, make new friends. And we try to celebrate the sort of cultural events that we have like Eid, Ramadan, Aftars. And my role as a president is to make sure that everything goes smoothly. So having all the resources in place, coordinating with the Deakin University Student Association, making sure our events, um, they are aware of that, conducting them by the books, getting approvals, making sure we have enough budget, and sort of helping my team, to be honest, to put together all the events for the students. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Sana. And Mohammed, what about yourself? Regarding the Deakin Union Islamic Society, Sana pretty much summed everything up. So I'll just go straight to my role uh, as a secretary. I think I'm more into the communication role. Like I have to make sure there's communication between the executive team and like the uh, our other members. And sometimes when we have like executive team meetings, I would like make a summary of the main points of the executive meeting and post it to the our group chat, which has our members on it. And apart from that, we also have some collaborative events with other Islamic societies in Melbourne, for example, the Monash Uni Islamic Society and the Uni of Melbourne and some other societies are Geelong as well. 
So yes, sometimes like I have to communicate with the other societies as well. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, thank you. And congratulations to you both on being elected into those roles. It is an impressive responsibility to take on whilst also studying. Now, the reason I've asked you both to join me today was in the hopes that you could share some insights into the holy month of Ramadan. To provide some personal context, I grew up in regional Victoria in the late 90s, early 2000s, and look, to be perfectly honest, didn't have much opportunity for exposure to cultures other than my own. It wasn't until I moved to study at Deakin that I had the opportunity to begin learning from my peers who had different backgrounds to my own. And in that time, I got to learn more about observances such as Ramadan. And just last year, I was able to attend an iftar dinner within my role at Deakin uh, that the Vice Chancellor and the Australian Intercultural Society hosted. So for those that, like me, who were unsure about what Ramadan is, but were interested in knowing more about it. Sana and Muhammad, could you take some time now to explain what is the holy month of Ramadan? So with Ramadan, it's like a month in the Islamic calendar. It's the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. So just like you have January, February or March in the calendar in Australia, it's, just, it's similar to that. It's a month. But apart from that, it's also the most sacred month in the Islamic calendar. And one of the reasons is that during Ramadan, Muslims mostly fast from sunrise till sunset. And apart from that, another reason it's important is because it was during the month of Ramadan that the first revelation of the Holy Quran was sent to the Prophet Muhammad So yeah, because of those two reasons, it is like, those are the main reasons why the month of Ramadan is like so important. Yeah, thank you, Muhammad. I think Muhammad summed it up pretty nicely. To me personally, the month of Ramadan is not just about uh, abstaining from drinking and eating. I think it's more about just taking the benefit out of it. Because like Muhammad mentioned, it's when the Quran was revealed. So it's essentially a dialogue between Allah and us Muslims. So it's actually taking the time out to get to know the Quran a bit more in detail. And that's why in the month of Ramadan, we have nightly prayers called Tarawih, where we try to recite the entire Quran and finish it in one month. And not just essentially recite it, but to actually understand a bit context, what it is that it was revealed and what actually is required of us as Muslims. Um, so abstaining from things like, you know, simple things like backbiting behind somebody's back, you know, or lying. That's something which is a part of fasting as well. And it's pretty amazing. I think, like you mentioned, Elsie, the iftar, I think that's one of the other important things is where everybody sort of gets together and enjoys that meal. Um, I think that's one of the most amazing things. Um, and the spirit of Ramadan is actually pretty different, I think. Um, it's actually one of the months where it's in our culture. The Saturn is actually chained up so he cannot disturb us with all different kinds of, how should I put it, um, distractions. And so it gives us a chance to be a bit more good human being in other words or a good muslim if that makes sense yeah absolutely you mentioned there that ramadan falls on the ninth month of the calendar what day is ramadan starting this year in 2023 and does it happen on the same date each year how is the start date of ramadan set this year ramadan is starting at i think 22nd march 
of 2023. But it's like, so Ramadan, every month in the Islamic calendar, because it, it's a lunar calendar. So it depends on the rotation or the orbit of the moon around the earth. So every like month starts with the sighting of the crescent moon, like the first day of the moon. And when like the sighting of the next moon, the next crescent moon, that's when the month ends and the next month starts. So, cause now we have like latest technology and we can like use some astrology fancy stuff to actually calculate when the crescent moon might appear. So that fancy technology tells us it should be 22nd March. So that's the start of the month of Ramadan. It would go on for roughly 29 days. And after 29 days, it is expected that the sighting of the next crescent moon would like happen and then the next month would start. Yeah, absolutely. Like Muhammad said, it's a moving holiday because it is dependent on the sighting of moon. And so in the olden days, what would happen is people would actually go out and um, try to sight the moon with their own eyes. And then you would have a lot of problems with that because <laughs> it's hard to believe just one person or two people and then so nowadays uh, we use the astro astrological tools or the fancy word that Muhammad used there and we just sort of try to predict so if people follow that they know yep exactly this is the date that's going to be but if some people still want to follow the moon sighting they may start it a day later if they don't see the moon in the sky so it, that's why you have Ramadan starting at different dates in different places as well in different countries. For example, Saudi would have, let's say, one day before Pakistan or Australia. Mm, so the period of Ramadan's observance follows a lunar calendar. Does that mean that the length of days it takes place over changes from year to year as well? Say, say like this year it would just be 28 days for Ramadan as an example and next year it could be 29 days for Ramadan. Is that how it works? I guess it's uh, so in the solar calendar in every month, you might have 30 or 31 days. So it's a bit similar with the lunar calendar as well, but we have like 29 or 30 days. So yeah, sometimes it's 29 days, sometimes it's 30 days, but that's the standard normally. It doesn't go below 29, doesn't go above 30. Uh, okay, interesting. And is that to say, does Ramadan end at like a full moon or does it go back to like a dark moon or? Yeah, it goes back to the new moon, we call it. So yeah, yeah the full cycle. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And so during that time, there would be fasting between dawn and dusk. Is that correct? And the iftar dinner, is that at the end of each day throughout Ramadan? Yes, so so every day at the before sunrise we have a thing called seher. So it's different in different languages. We call it seher. But seher is like the meal you eat before you start fasting. So seher is normally a big deal as well, just like iftar is. So personally I eat a lot during seher. Some people don't eat that much. But yeah, we have seher which is the starting and at, at sunrise we stop. And then from sunrise till sunset. Sunset is when we have iftar. So iftar is like the meal we have when we're done like fasting. So it happens like every day for till Ramadan. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think I agree with Muhammad. It's the same every day in the month of Ramadan. And usually when we have an iftar, um, we then sort of 
mark the end of our fast by praying as well. So it's one of our prayer times called Maghrib. It's when the sun actually completely goes down. That's when we actually break our fast. Okay. I I have two follow-up questions. Uh, are there any traditional foods to eat typically to start or end the day? And then personally, are there any particular foods you really like to eat that you find sustain you or uh, that you just feel like, yes, I, I cannot wait to eat this? Um, so with the traditional food, I would say that it was a tradition that our Prophet وسلم, would um, break the fast with a date and a glass of water. Um, so that's why you see a lot of dates going around in the month of Ramadan. Personally, they are my favorite and they actually have a lot of energy. <laughs> um, so that's probably one of the things that I eat a lot during Iftar and that's pretty common. Um, Sehri, to be honest, depends from person to person, but it's usually a combination of something that can sustain you throughout the day, like you said. So bread with some yogurt, that's my go-to food. Having some juices in the evening when you break your fast. So making sure that you don't eat a lot all at once, but eat healthy, like have a lot of juices and fruits. Um, my personal go-to item would be, I think, to start with something sweet, which I think is a bit non-conventional, but I eat it in the other way around that I first start with something sweet, um, then go offer my prayer. And then I think that just opens your appetite a bit more. I don't know, for me it is. And then I just have some bread um, or some curry or some fruits and juice just to sort of finish it off. Mm, thank you. That was like a lot of explanation. With me, it's like, I'm not very complicated with food. I just like whatever's there, I eat it. So I think for Seher, I'll, we have a thing called plov. P-L-O-V, yeah. So normally for Sahar, I eat that. And for Iftar, my favorite food would be shashlik, I guess. Mohammed, could you tell us what blov is? Blov. Blov uh, is, if I like really simplified, it's basically rice with beef. And then there's salad as well. Sounds quite uh, nice I forgot meal. to mention coffee. I start Sahar with coffee, of course. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But we, we call it kehwa. It's like slightly different version of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you both for sharing that with me. Look, we are getting to the end of the episode, but before we wrapped up, I did want to pivot back to the Deakin University Islamic Society and check in if you're running any events throughout Ramadan that you would like to let people know about. Yes, absolutely. Um, so every year uh, we have a bunch of haftars. Uh, we try to do three or four. Again, depends on a lot of circumstances. But uh, I don't know if a lot of students know that we have prayer rooms both at the Waterfront Campus and the One Ponds Campus. Um, so that's usually where we have our iftar dinner parties, if you like. And then we sort of pray in congregation as well. So that's pretty good. Uh, that's something to look forward to, definitely. Then, like I mentioned, we have nightly prayers called Taravi. Uh, so every night there would be somebody present at the mosque. So even if it's not an official event, students can still go there to sort of connect and meet with people and pray in congregation. Then we have an Eid event, which marks the end of uh, Ramadan. So that's like another big feast event. Um, then we have another Eid as well, in which we eat a lot of meat, apparently. <laughs> um, so we do have a barbecue for that. And um, But just apart from the typical traditional Muslim events as well, we try to do events where um, non-Muslims can come along as well. Um, So last year, I think it was the year before that, we had a trip to Lorne, 
So it gave the opportunity for all of people to connect. So that was pretty cool. Uh, this year, I think we'll probably go for a boating event. We haven't decided the details yet, but it's definitely something to look out for. Oh, absolutely. That sounds really exciting. Um, outside of Ramadan, are there any other main goals or big events that you have planned for the society this year? Um, well, like I think like Mohammed said, there are a lot of Muslim student associations in Melbourne. So we would want to have a collaboration with them to sort of have a giant or mega star, if you will, with all the Muslim societies. And then there's a bigger society in Geelong as well called the Geelong Islamic Society. Um, so this year we're trying to sort of book their venue and do like a big student iftar where not just taking students, but other Muslim students as well. They can come along who live in Geelong. So definitely I'll keep an eye out for those two big events. Amazing. Okay, a big year ahead. If a student was listening and would like to get in touch with you or join the society, how do they get into contact or sign up? Um, so it's pretty straightforward. If you look us at look up our society in Instagram and Facebook, uh, so you can find us by the name of DUIS Geelong. And um, if you navigate to the DUSA website, and if you go under clubs and societies and just type our name, Deakin University Islamic Society, the link is there. You can pretty much sign up for it. The prices differ based in, based on the fact that if you're a DUSA or no DUSA member. But yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Brilliant. Thank you for that information. And just out of interest, is there a society in Burwood and Warrnambool that students are able to sign up to? I was just going to mention that. So we had some students who are like Geelong based, but they signed up for the Burwood Islamic Society. And yeah, so even one of our executive members last year signed up for the Burwood Islamic Society by mistake. But yeah, so just make sure if you're a Geelong based student, just make sure if you're signing up for the Islamic Society, you join sign up for the Geelong one. The Burwood has its name like Burwood on it. Or if you're at the JUSA website, they even have a filter where you can just filter the Geelong societies. So yeah, that would be one recommendation. And I don't think I've heard of Warnable Islamic Society yet. So let's see. Okay, no, that is really good advice. Thank you for passing that on. Um, we are about to wrap this episode up, but before we do, I wonder if you have any phrases that you could share with me if there's... Um, a colleague or peer friend that is participating in Ramadan which could be used to acknowledge the observance and to also wish them well um I guess you can say Ramadan Mubarak Ramadan Mubarak thank you for sharing that Muhammad and what does that mean uh, Mubarak means it can mean depends on, depending on the context it can mean happy and it can also mean congrats so congrats Ramadan or happy Ramadan, it can mean both. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Look, before we finish today, are there any final words or anything else that you wanted to cover off on this episode? No, I think that's pretty much it. Just keep an eye out for our events um, and just make the most out of it. And to be honest, if you meet your friends who are not Muslims, just um, sort of... Um, spread the knowledge I guess I guess that would increase the acceptance of every religion and every faith and um, develop that sense of respect for each other I think yeah absolutely Sana I could not agree more 
And on that note, I want to acknowledge both of your generosity in coming along today and sharing your insights and knowledge. Look, what we'll do is put a link in the show notes, which people can use to find the DUIS, which we spoke about today. But otherwise, thank you so much for coming along. Awesome. Thank you, Elsie. Thank you, Elsie. Enjoyed it. Once again, we'd like to share our appreciation with Sana and Muhammad for joining us on this episode of Respect, Belong, Thrive. I hope that you enjoyed listening to the episode and if you would like to hear more from some of our other colleagues, students and community partners, you can browse our previous recordings. This episode was sponsored by the Community Bank at Deakin University which provides grants for community projects, events, and initiatives. To find out more, you can click the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening.